All right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And the Avalanche just wrapped up another victory. This one is against, uh, again, Ottawa. 3-0, a little bit more of a dogfight than uh, the last game, which was just a couple games ago against the same team, which they were more dominant in. But um, Ottawa was a much more game team tonight. So we'll kind of break that down a little bit. A couple other things to get to. The Nazem Kadri injury which does not seem good. What does that mean for the Avalanche going forward as well as any possible trades um, that could come out of that? Any knee-jerk reactions that the Avalanche might have? We'll kind of look into that. And um, a couple other things that we'll get to. But want to start with, well, first let's start with the social media side of things. Follow the show on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche. And send your questions, comments, concerns, opinions, whatever you want to say. If you want to join the Fandom Friday segment, send those emails over to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. And if it's just a comment or a question, whatever it is, we'll get it on the show. Uh, Real quick, I want to start with, I'm sure everybody's hearing about the Joe, Joe, the uh, Jay Bowmeister issue. Um, I'm sure a lot of people were aware of it. If they were watching the Avalanche game, um, and kind of a scary scene in Anaheim, went down on the bench, just kind of collapsed on the bench, uh, and it was, you know, people tended to him almost immediately, and um, seemed like he was conscious going to the hospital. I, I don't know, like this is, I'm recording this right after the Avalanche game concluded, so, you know, by the time this is posted and it's morning, I'm sure we will have more information. But as of right now, um, all that was said was that he was awake, which that in and of itself was great because, uh, you know, they had the, the video image of him going down on the bench and the kind of players going a little bit crazy trying to get, you know, the medical staff over there. And then for a while, we didn't hear anything. And the next thing we heard was the game was delayed and then it was postponed and canceled. And then you're like, this is not good. If, if they're going to the extreme of canceling the game, um, I think they were like halfway through the first period. It can't be good. But by the end of the Avalanche game, they did report that he was awake in the ambulance going to the hospital. So that's obviously two thumbs up and uh, looking good. The, la- the very last update I heard was he was just severely dehydrated. I don't know if that's true. It's very well possible. Um, that could be your reaction if you are very dehydrated. So let's hope it's it's just that, nothing more serious. Um, and yeah, and, and then the outpouring of concern across the NHL uh, franchises and fans. It you know you put that aside when something like that happens because that's a very serious thing. And in the end, this is just a game, um, and that's kind of more important than the game. So we're kind of hoping that Jay Bomeister is uh, okay, doing well and recovering and be back on the, on the ice whenever he is ready to do so. So 
Uh, let's hope the, the news coming in from that continues to be positive. Um, so we'll start with the Nazem Kadri injury. Uh, it was reported earlier in the day, yesterday now, that he uh, would not be out day-to-day. It's more of an indefinite week-to-week. Number one, that is awful for the team. Um, he, he, you know, obviously it's well documented how he got here. He's new to the team this year, but his impact has been felt, uh, instantly on this team. And he already has a huge role on this team. Uh, he has relied upon on that second line. He's relied upon in that, uh, penalty, um, not penalty kill power play. Um, he has, he has a huge role on this team. So for him to be out week to week, and, you know, who knows what week to week means at this point in the game uh, with the way injuries have gone with this team, but it just doesn't sound good. So what does this mean in many different asset aspects of the Colorado Avalanche? Well, what does it mean for the current roster? <clears throat> it means they have to do what they've been doing all year and having that, you know, the, the term's been used over and over again whenever stuff like this happens, the next man up mentality. And uh, what they did with their lines tonight, you know, they, they had to make some adjustments. So JT Comfer was brought up to the second line. They moved Gabe Landeskog down to the second line, which I think was a good move to, to kind of get uh, a little bit more. Um, I, don't, I don't know how to even phrase I want to say skill. Not that the guys on the second line aren't skillful, but. Uh, maybe even just give them that that push that all right you know we, we have the captain playing on our line now we can't we gotta we gotta step up our game um, and I thought they did overall I thought I thought JT Confer played a very good game I don't believe he registered a point let me bring up the stats real quick uh, no but he he I thought he played solid he had some pretty good looks um, three shots on goal so. And even 15 minutes of ice time, which is kind of his his normal ice time. So was, he didn't see an increase uh, in, in in ice time, which, oddly enough, Landeskog had t- almost 21 minutes. But he plays on the power play and stuff like that a lot more, which you're going to... That makes sense that he would have a higher time on ice. Um, but more than that, getting back to the whole, you know, Kadri thing, like now, now this is where... You know, now JT Comfrey, or not Tyson Jost even gets brought up a line. Everybody kind of moves up a line. And they need to take the bull by the horns and, and, and really fill in those shoes. And those are big shoes to fill right now. Because like I said, he he being uh, Nazem Kadri is, is, is relied on, he has a lot of different roles on this team. Um, and now you're spreading those roles out <clears throat> to... Two or three different guys, with the two main ones being Comfer and Jost. Um, so I think tonight maybe showed um, a little bit of, of rust when it came to those lines, and we'll talk about the game in, in the next segment. But what does this also mean for trades? And uh, I think people were – you talk to us Avalanche fans, and they're so back and forth with if the Avalanche should stay put <clears throat> or if they should – make some moves and we are accustomed as avalanche fans where they don't do much at the at the trade deadline 
if they ever were going to, I think this was going to be the year that they would. I, I don't know how big of a splash that they'll make. Joe Sackick is not the type to do that. Um, you know, Chris Kreider seems to be the big fish at the trade deadline. And I've been saying it before. I would think the Avs are in on that if the asking price is not insanely high. But does this throw a wrench into that? Because are you going to call up somebody that's not, you know, doesn't have the experience that Kadri has or Kreider has and say, here you go, kid. Like, you you got to step it up to, you're not going to fill in for Kadri. You know, you're not going to call up someone and <clears throat> he's going to take over that second line. But do you have enough faith that Comfort can, because that's what you're doing right now, do you have enough faith that JT Comfort can, can fill the role of Nazem Kadri? And then whoever you bring up fills in the role of what Tyson Jost can do. Um, but are you are you comfortable with Tyson Jost being a role player? That's really what he is. And he's the one that's kind of been dangled around with trade talk. So is he kind of off the market now because they need him to fill up a, a bigger role? And the guys that you're kind of going to trade away are the quote-unquote you know, future prospects. Uh, because you need you need somebody to, to fill that cadre role. And do you think that, that how it's played out right now, bringing somebody up, whoever that may be, do you think JT Confer can fulfill the role of Nazem Kadri? I don't know, up, up until the playoffs start? Is that how long we're going to be out without him? I don't know. I think I, the Avs know more than we do really how long. They have a better idea. We get the week-to-week in the answer, they they probably have a more uh, pinpointed date of how long he'll be out, and I think they'll make the moves according to that, not according to the, what we have in the week to week. So if it's something where he's going to be out, you know, pushing the end of the season in terms of the regular season going into the playoffs, I think they pull the trigger on something, I, and I think they pull the trigger now, and and they might have to give up a piece. But we want to say, as Avalanche fans, we're set up for the future. We have a gluttony of, of riches with, with almost every position. So you can't hang on to all these guys forever. And, if you, and, and that's why you have them. You have them for the scenario like this. Because you need to fill a spot that a guy who might be out for a long period of time, uh, you need to fill his role. And the way you can do that is 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 right now, uh, you know, coming up to the trade deadline. I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't do a knee jerk reaction thing. I know a lot of people are saying like they shouldn't do a knee jerk reaction. No, you still have to do your due diligence and and really plan this out. But you need to maybe uh, kick it in overdrive and not really wait for this trade deadline. I think the play of Philip Grubauer um, and Pavel Francos lately has kind of gotten rid of the talk of needing to bring in a goalie. So now you can focus in on we need to fill that role that Kadri has left behind for us. And and I think JT Confer is a guy. I really like JT Confer. I think he's a good, hard-nosed player. Do I think he can play the way Kadri plays for the next however many games they have, 25-plus games that they have left? I think that's a big ask for him. Do I think someone like Chris Kreider could? Yeah, I do. Um, but 
in the end, it's not up to me. So it, it, this is going to be a very, very interesting thing to see what Colorado does because they typically like to stay put. But I think a player of what Nazem Kadri brings is going to kind of force their hand to bring somebody in because they, they have a lot of games left. Uh, and they're going to need someone to come in, and that's the other part of it. Get him in earlier, the earlier the better, because he's going to have to learn the system, get comfortable on the team, and the longer you let this go closer to the deadline, you're just cutting off that many uh, that many games uh, where he could have used those extra games to you know, get in the flow of things how, with how Bednar works. This will be interesting. This will be very, very interesting to see where it goes from here, so... I'm sure we'll have much more on this as the days go on. But uh, all right, we're going to um, talk about this Ottawa game right in a second. All right, so the Colorado Avalanche beat the Ottawa Senators three to nothing, and <clears throat> kind of an up and down game. Like I said in the first segment, with with Kadri being out and kind of lines being adjusted. That first period was not a thing of beauty. Um, I think if if the Avs were playing a uh, a more formidable opponent, they it, they might have paid for that. But you know, maybe it was lucky that they were playing Ottawa. Um, but Ottawa played a good game. But but the the Avs kind of got that first period to kind of get these new lines adjusted um and in the second you could tell like they were off and running and and i thought the second period they played a lot better um had had the looks that they had uh were much better looks who's a goalie for um ottawa what's his name hogberg i think i'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it um he played excellent he 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 was you know, not for him. Obviously, this would have been a would have looked a lot worse for Ottawa because um, Colorado was getting some really good looks. They were controlling the pace of play. Um, this is all in the second. The first, <clears throat> it was ugly back and forth. And if it wasn't for that gorgeous goal by Miko Rantanen, man, a nice like just received the puck and immediately made a spin move back towards like the, uh, towards center ice. It was right at the blue line, so he couldn't turn in. And that just separated him from the defender. And then a beautiful high-end backhand from him. That was a, a highlight reel goal um, to put them on the board right in the last minute of the first. So um, I think that kind of set them up for the second. And in the second, they they just looked a lot better. They, they looked like the normal Colorado team, and they it's like, all right, they got over that first period without Kadri. Um, the, the power play still needs some work. One for five on the power play just is not going to, to cut it, especially against Ottawa, who's not the best penalty-killing team. Oddly enough, they're a very good um, at scoring shorthanded goals which is just bizarre. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think this, I don't know, is it called like a slingshot or boomerang or something? Whatever whatever that play is that they run with Nathan McKinnon on the power play <clears throat> where he's trailing, and then it's usually McCarr or somebody that kind of just turns and dumps the puck to him. I think we need a new play. 
I think teams are on to that. And and oddly enough, I think what Ottawa had, had even though Ottawa was over two on power plays, what they run um, on a power play getting the puck into the zone seemed to have worked. Instead of having just one player run this boomerang or whatever you want to call it, they kind of have two. And the defenders are kind of guessing which one's going to get that puck. Where in Colorado, it's you know it's going to McKinnon. And he gets it into the zone, but he you know he's going to pass it. Like, I wish he would carry it into the zone more. As, he, as soon as he hits that blue line, he dumps it off to his left or his right, usually his left. And that's where the defenders attack because they know he's going to pass it. So I don't know if something needs to change in just simply getting the puck into the zone on the power play, but teams are onto this move that they have, um, and it needs to change. And and they don't do it when the second team's on there. Uh, you know, when Comfort gets it, he actually brings it into the zone, uh, and that that's kind of bizarre to me. JT Comfort brings the puck into the zone more on a power play. And here's my cat joining the show. Sorry, buddy, you gotta go. Um, he brings the puck into the zone on a power play more than Nathan McKinnon does. It, which, you know, Nathan McKinnon is has a high hockey IQ, but he seems to run that play uh, the same exact way <clears throat> over and over again. I don't know. Um, I just think I just think it needs to change. So there's that. Shots on goal was pretty even. Avalanche with 36, which is kind of you know what they do. Senators got 34 shots on goal. Um, they they looked a lot better. Um, and we you know we we can't have it both ways. We want to say that the NHL has the best parity in any sport, and then you know when Av- the Colorado Avalanche play them, you 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 expect them to win. But I mean, you really expect them to win by what five nothing, six nothing? No. You know, they were up 2 nothing and then got the empty net goal. Um, and I think that's going to upset maybe like the diehards who think they should be blowing all these teams out. But it doesn't work that way in hockey. You know, Ottawa's trying to. They're not having a great season and they're they're not, you know, lined up to to be really anything for the foreseeable future. But that doesn't mean they just quit. So I, I give Ottawa credit. I thought they played a, a, a hard-fought game. But... Um, but in the end, games like this are typically going to be won by the better team, just not in blowout fashion. Um, Nachuskin got the goal in the third, which kind of gave you a little bit more breathing room. When he got that that second goal for Colorado, not for him, his first goal, obviously. Because um, even though it was one to nothing, you're like, you know, obviously Colorado's a better team, but they're letting them hang around, and this could go any, any way. And Nichushkin getting that uh, redirect in just kind of let you breathe. And then Senators pulled the goalie with there's almost four minutes left, which I love. Why not? Um, and they they were doing their best. And uh, I think the Avalanche finally got that empty netter by Landeskog. Uh, when did he get it? Got it right here. There's almost a minute left in the game. Just over a minute left in the game when he when that happened, so they did a pretty good job. So uh, as far as stats go for the Avalanche, Nachuskin with the goal, uh, Nathan McKinnon with two assists, um, Landeskog with a goal, Burkowski with an assist, Rantanen with that beautiful goal, Ryan Graves and Sam Gerrard both with assists. 
Um, I want to see what Nathan McKinnon's got on the season. 30, this is not updated. So we got 32 goals, and I think it's 46 assists now for 78 points total. So he's coming up on the 80-point mark. Um, maybe he gets it. Well, I mean, they should. Let's see. They got, when is the, um, we're going to talk about the uh, Penguins, not the Penguins game, the uh, Washington game. So they have Washington and then L.A. So, I mean, you would oh, maybe against the Capitals. That's going to be, you know what? We're going to talk about that here in one second. Let's, let's uh, step aside, and uh, we're going to talk about the Washington game. Not a full preview, just a couple bullet points on that. All right, so, yeah, like the, um, the Capitals game against the uh, Avalanche is February 13th. And that'll be interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, they moved the, the time of the game <clears throat> to be nationally televised. And the reason they did that was, of course, with Alexander Ovechkin close to the 700 goal club. Uh, he's going to be must-see TV until that happens. Now, do we want that to happen against the Avalanche? Of course not. Is it possible that it could happen? Of course it is. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me that if he just goes out and scores a hat trick just to put him at 701 for the heck of it. Um, but, and this is in no way, you know, up to the level of what Alexander Ovechkin is accomplishing or soon will accomplish. Uh, would Nathan McKinnon get two points and hit the 80 point mark? Uh, maybe we have both of those things happen on the same night. I don't know. Uh, this this will be a fun, fun game to watch because the last time that they played each other, Avalanche really stuck it to Washington. And, yes, it was early in the season. And, you know, got their legs yet. I mean, it was very, very early, early in the season. Uh, but Colorado was ready. So, you know, we, we can't just give Washington a full pass. You can give them somewhat of a pass. But Colorado stuck it to them, and that was in Washington. So I think Washington's going to be looking for blood. And um, I think, you know, both of these guys have not, not 80, 80 points is his high or anything like that, but it is, it is a benchmark. Every time you get to that next 10 or whatever it is, the next 80, and then when it hits 90, that's going to be another benchmark. When it hits 100, obviously, that's a big benchmark. So does, does, does Nathan McKinnon get 80 the same day Ovechkin gets 700? Let's... Let's hope one of those things happen, and I think we all know which one we want to happen. Uh, you don't want to be that team because they are going to show that goal over and over and over again forever, and you don't want that. You don't want your team to be that other team in that highlight in perpetuity. Um, I'm almost positive Philip Grubauer will start this game having the day off. Um... Yeah, I think he probably will. And and he's been hot. And it's like, you know, the pitcher who gave up the home run to Barry Bonds. Like, you are going to be the trivia question. And I don't think Grubauer wants to be the trivia question. And he's been <clears throat> playing incredible uh, since the break as it is. So I think I don't think he has to press himself. I think he, he because he's been playing so well, I think he's pretty confident in himself right now. He just has to play his game. He doesn't have to go above and beyond and press and say like I, I can't I can't let him score I can't let him score. He might score. 
if he's hitting 700 goals, like he's he obviously clearly he's a scorer. You just have to, to play your game, do your best, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But um, if he gets one early on, then I think you're going to see Grubauer start pressing a little more and clamming up a little bit more because he knows that other one is right around the corner. Uh, so he's explosive and he's, he's, you know, we've seen him do it his entire career. If he wants to take over a game, even at the age he's at, he can still do it. So I'm looking forward to this. I think this is going to be a, a really entertaining game. These next, these next few games are going to be great. You got, uh, you know, the Washington game then the outdoor game and then, uh, Tampa Bay comes to town. So looking forward to this next hand, these next handful uh, of games on the schedule. <clears throat> Avalanche standing wise have just pulled a, even a little bit closer to St. Louis. They are now 72 points to St. Louis's 73 with a uh, game in hand still. The St. Louis game that was being played tonight did not complete. So, you know, we'll we'll see what they do schedule wise with that. Um but that's not the important thing with them right now. It's the Jay Bomeister getting better. So we'll see how it goes. So tomorrow we will preview this uh, big matchup with Colorado and Washington. I think you're going to hear. And on top of that, of Ovechkin getting the 700 thing, I think you're going to see that also in the in the broadcast is like, you know, possible Stanley Cup matchup. Sure it is. It absolutely is. So I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on this game for a lot of reasons. You got Nathan McKinnon. Alexander Ovechkin, two top-tier teams. And, yeah, is this is this what we're going to get for the, the Stanley Cup final? I think there's a lot uh, to look forward to in this game. So we'll get more into that tomorrow and anything else that breaks. And what do you guys think? What do you think the Avalanche should do with this Nazem Kadri injury? Stay pat and stay the course. Or bring somebody in, even if it means a rental and giving up a piece or two or a piece and a draft pick or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm less concerned about what you would give away and, and what if you think you should just bring someone in. So let me know what you guys think. So we'll get more into that tomorrow if there's anything else to be said. Uh, if not, we will see you guys tomorrow. Enjoy the day. And here's Joby. Go, Abs, go!